Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And it is yet another beautiful day in the neighborhood, man. Praise God, praise God. I hope you woke up today praising God. If you went to a, a church gathering together of the saints, I hope there you were able to worship the Lord in unity. I hope you had a wonderful message. Hope you have a a uh, a spirit filled, God led, God appointed, and God anointed pastor for your church. And I hope you listen to the words that that God appointed and anointed man had to say, allowing it to sink down in you and sprout roots to grow you. If you uh, don't have a God anointed, a God appointed pastor in your church, if you belong to just a religious club where you get together, you sing a few songs, uh, and then have some message that may be well-intentioned, but uh, is dead or stale. I hope that you either become that person who rises to the occasion to begin to intercede for your church and your pastor, or that you uh, pull up your stakes and move somewhere where you have a man of God who has been appointed to a position, who is anointed by God to be that pastor, a church with a vision, a growing church and not a dying church. Praise God. Today, we want to look at Psalm 23. But not the entire psalm. We're going to look at the, uh, listen to this. I'm going to read from two different translations. I'm going to read the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lay down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. I'll also read the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Now, I really don't care. You know, I don't care what translation of the Bible that, uh, that you listen, that you read. Whatever translation you can understand. Remember, when you're learning the Word of God, it's not enough just to memorize Scripture, although you should learn to memorize Scripture, particularly Scripture about the promises of God, about who God is, about who you are, and about how you should uh, interact with other people. The more Scripture you memorize, the better it is for you. But it's not just about memorizing words in a certain order and be, being able to retrieve those words and, and throw them out at appropriate times. It's about understanding what, those, what the message is that those words are conveying. You see, we use words in any language to convey meaning. 
So if you're just memorizing words but not understanding their context or their meaning, it's actually a pointless exercise and you're doing more harm to those around you and yourself than good. It is better you not speak at all. You're going to learn to memorize scripture, also learn to memorize and understand what it means, the message it's conveying, how it ties into the world around you, how it ties into life. With that said, I want to talk a little bit about who God is. We like to sing songs and talk about how God is our provider. Uh, he is our, the Lord is my provider. He's my provision. He's my strength. He's my protector. He is my joy. He is my peace. And yet all the time, we often don't live that out. We spew out these words. We say them at the appropriate time, but we find that it's not true in our life. Oh, it's true when I'm in the middle of listening to a great worship song and dancing around the house or dancing around the office or, or singing those songs with others at church. But when crisis comes into our lives, when there's difficulties, when there's obstacles, we'll say those words, but we don't believe those words. We spew them out as if they're somehow going to suddenly become true, like releasing a genie from a bottle, and the whole time we're wringing our hands, we're pulling at our hair, we're crying out, Oh God, you promised to be my provider, but you're not providing. Living a Christian life, following the Lord, becoming a Christ follower, growing in the Lord, it's not about forcing or coercing God to come to you on your terms. The Christian life is a life of submission. You are submitting yourself. You have the right to do whatever you want. You have the right to believe how you want to believe. You have the right to live how you want to live. You have the right to do whatever you want. What God is saying to you and to me is I want you to willingly give up that right and surrender yourself completely to me. Because although you have the right to do something, you are not doing it the correct way, the way I created it to be done, the way I created you. I have redeemed you, or I want to redeem you, so that you can be who I created you to be. And to do that, we're going to go on a journey together. I'm going to give my Holy Spirit to live in you, who's going to help guide you along this journey. And as long as you're willing to submit yourself, or rather willingly give up your rights, I'm going to lead you on the right path. I'm going to lead you on a path that's going to be, although it may look on the outside to be filled with chaos and, and trouble and this and that, you are going to walk on this path filled with joy, filled with peace. You're going to know that you're not just going to say the words that I'm your provider. You're going to know that I'm your provider. You're not just going to uh, quote words that, that say that I am your defender. You're going to know that I'm your defender. 
You see, we come to Christ because we are a sinful creature. Our sin is, it's not about what we've done wrong in the world so much as our sin of rebellion against God, living contrary to who God created us to be. Out of that arises every evil imaginable. That's why you can't look at any one person and say their sin is worse than your sin. The potential for every imaginable evil, whether you like to admit it or not, is within you because you are corrupt. Your nature has been corrupted by sin. Redemption, that precious blood of Jesus sacrificed on a cross for you and for I, is the payment of that sin. When we accept Christ as our Savior, the other side of that coin is we are submitting our lives to Him. When we say, I submit my heart to you, what it is is I'm submitting the essence of who I am to you. I'm submitting everything I am to you. That means I'm going to live life your way I'm going to do it your way and not my way. I'm going to learn to, to see it through your eyes and not my own eyes. I'm going to learn to interact with people your way and not my own way. I'm going to learn to walk through life, maneuver through life, raise my family, embrace my wife, embrace my husband, embrace my children, embrace my enemy your way and not my own way. I'm going to take my wisdom, my understanding, I'm going to set it to the side, and I'm going to allow your wisdom and your understanding to begin to guide me. God says, when you, when you do this, when you receive me as your Savior and you submit yourself to me, your, my Holy Spirit is going to be within you. That wise counselor, that teacher, that advocate to guide you, to grow you, to help you to navigate through life. You're going to navigate through life my way and not your own way. This comes to how many times do we find ourselves, uh, let's take finances. Financially, I'm in a situation. My bills aren't adding up. Work's been slow. Uh, difficulties, maybe one spouse lost a job, well, whatever the situation is, suddenly I find myself that me and my family are at risk of, of losing our home. We've been struggling now for a month or two. Our savings are gone. The bills are still coming in. And we turn to the Lord and we say, oh God, you promised to provide for me. And God did promise to provide for you. Or more accurately, he promised to be your provision. Except, up to this point, we've been doing it our own way. I go to my job. I get my paycheck. I invest it how I want to. I assign the priorities of the money uh, through my own wisdom, through my own understanding. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that you've done everything wrong. You've probably done things the, the best you could given the information you understood and knew. But here's the fault. 
at what point did you receive that paycheck and say, oh Lord, I've received your paycheck today because I go work at the job you gave me and I've submitted myself to you. How do you want me to pay? How do you want me to disperse the money you've given me? Lord, what are your priorities in my life? We do the same thing in relationship. We have our own set of priorities in relationship. Not that they're innately bad or good, but they're our assessment of priorities in our relationship. At what point did we say, okay, God, I give, I surrender not just myself, but I surrender even my relationship to you. How do you want me to do relationship? How do you want me to proceed? How do you want me to be the outpouring of your love in this relationship? To be the strength, your strength in this relationship? What words do you want me to speak over this relationship? You see, our life as a believer is really a verbal contract. Salvation is really a verbal contract. Just as valid as a written contract. In fact, you could argue, and it would be a true argument, that this is even more valid than a written contract because this is a contract signed in blood. When you receive Christ as your Savior, you're not receiving Him as a genie in a bottle to be at your beck and call. Every time you have a crisis, you rub the bottle, He comes out and He has to grant you the three wishes Lord, your word said you're going to provide my electric bills due. It needs to be paid. You got to provide. You got to pay that bill, God. Why aren't you paying this electric bill? It's not paid yet, God. All the meanwhile, I've taken the money that you've given me through the job that you've graced me with, and I spend it my own way. I set my own priorities, establish my own priorities. But here, sometimes we run into situations where we have done everything right, if you will. And we find ourselves in these difficult places where ends can't be made. We don't know how it's going to be balanced out. As an example... As, you, as many of you know, I'm a part of the leadership team of a, of a ministry, and part of my role in that is to handle the bookkeeping and to write the checks, make sure bills get paid. It's not something I enjoy, uh, but this is part of my, my role, and I embrace it. God has given me this place, and I embrace what God has for me. And, and I'm, I'm not bad at it. Well, this ministry, when these doors were opened, we opened these doors because we felt like God was calling us to do that. And we've maintained a principle, a heart principle, that this belongs to God. We're here only to steward God's ministry. So most of the time, things run relatively smoothly. Um, on the financial side, bills get paid on time, 
and everything happens on time. I get plenty of money in to be able to see that the bills can be paid before I write the check. But there are many times when the bills are coming due, there's not enough money in a bank to pay the bills, and I have to remind myself, because I don't need to remind God that this is his ministry and these are his bills, I need to remind myself, because you see, every day we surrender, we make a choice to, to surrender this ministry to God. This is his ministry. Now, it's the same principle applies in my house. This is his house he has given me to be the steward of. These are his bills and his finances that he has given me to be his steward of. I'm not looking to God in the crisis and not looking to God through the good times. You follow what I'm saying? Everything about this ministry the finances, its operations are surrendered and submitted to God because God has promised to be the provision. He called this ministry into existence. We heard his call and stepped into that. But we didn't, the door didn't stop there. We didn't say, okay, God, you called us into this. Well, we stepped into it. Now we're going to do it. We're going to take it. We're going to run with it, Lord. We cannot run with this ministry without God. In my household, God has given me this piece of land. He has given me the ability to build my cabin. He has given me a means to pay for this. But it doesn't stop there. And I say, okay, God, thank you for everything you've given me, all these great presents and gifts. I'm going to knock it out of the ballpark. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to I'm going to do it for you, for the glory of God. I am going to manage this house myself. No, I can't do it. I will fail. Things will happen that I am unequipped and unprepared to deal with on my own. It will happen. Things in life will happen that you are unprepared to deal with on your own. You are unequipped to deal with on your own. For most of us, that's when we're driven closer to God. Because now I have this terrible problem that I can't solve, so now I'm crying out to God. Here's the flaw, though, is now we're crying out to God, remembering God's promises to us, and we're reading them back to God, praying them back to God, but we want God to answer the solution on our terms. We want it to be our way, on our terms, the way we feel it should, the way we feel the outcome should be. But if we took today and we said, Lord, this is all that you've given me. This is the kingdom you have given me. And I'm making a choice today to surrender this kingdom to you. Things are hunky-dory right now, Lord. I don't really see any problems going on. Bills are paid. Kids are happy. Wife is happy. The dog is fed. The work is going good. Everything's good, Lord. But I'm making a choice today to submit all this kingdom to you. It is no longer my kingdom, Lord. It is your kingdom. 
and I just get to be your steward at this point in time over your kingdom. That's hard for us to do, isn't it? Because we measure our success by our stuff, by our own personal kingdom. But we cannot have our own kingdom and dwell in the fullness of God's kingdom. So we spend, as believers oftentimes, we find ourselves spending this time where we're trying to juggle both. I want, I want some things to be my kingdom, and I'll give you, Lord, some things to be your kingdom. I'll give you my heart sometimes, but sometimes it's my own heart. That's not the way God operates. God is calling for you to trust him enough to willingly surrender it all to him. And part of surrendering it all to him is looking for his direction in the management, in the administration of that kingdom that you have now submitted to him. So we run into these problems, we these difficult places, and we'll quote back scripture such as Psalm 23 saying, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lay down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. And we say, God, this is your word. Where are you? You need to come and deal with this, God. I need those green pastures right now. I need that peace in my heart. You promised to be my peace. You promised to be my joy. You promised to provide for me. Where is it, Lord? And yet, what we want, we don't want God to be our peace and our joy and our provision on His terms. We want Him to do these things on our terms, in our time frame, the way we want it to look, the outcome we desire. None of that is submissive at all. In fact, that is, you want God to come and help out your kingdom. When God is saying, you don't understand, your kingdom is nothing. Even if you were the wealthiest man or woman, most powerful, influential person in the world, such as, say, Nebuchadnezzar, who in his day was all these things. He got to learn that his kingdom was nothing compared to God's kingdom. God is saying, I want you to take your kingdom because that's your treasure. And I want you to submit it to me. You give me your treasures and in return, I'm going to show you what real treasure looks like. I don't want to be just your sometime provision. God is saying, I don't want to be your sometime protector. I don't want to be your sometime peace and your sometime joy. I want you to willingly submit your right. I want you to willingly submit your kingdom. I want you to willingly submit everything that is you to me as Lord. And then, and then, when you do that, 
you don't have to focus on the problems and the difficulties. You don't have to have your prayer life consumed with a, a list of problems and difficulties. Even though those problems and difficulties are there, your prayer life, because they are now God's problems and God's difficulties. I can't tell you how many times here at the ministry I'm saying, oh Lord, your bills are due. You got to do something, Lord, because your checkbook doesn't have enough in it for me to cover the check. In various ways, God has always come through, and the bills have always gotten paid. When the troubles are here, the troubles always get dealt with. Do I know how it's going to look at the end? I have, Most of the time, I have no idea. I don't know how the money's going to come in here at the ministry. I don't know how the... The bills are going to get paid here at the ministry. I don't know how the troubles are going to be overcome at the ministry. But I don't have to focus on that. I don't have to sit and sweat and pull my hair out wondering, Lord, the, the, the electric bills do, the electric bills do, God, it's due. I don't know how it's going to get paid. I don't have to worry about that. I am free from that worry because they do not belong to me. They belong to the Lord. I am free to pray for the people that we have here in the ministry, to pray for the, the outreach and the influence that we have here in the ministry, to listen to God's guidance through his Holy Spirit on praying for uh, this door or that door to be opened, uh, for this heart to be moved or that heart to be moved, for this person to be saved or that person to be strengthened in Christ, this person to be free from addiction or suffering. I am free to now listen to God's direction through his Holy Spirit on how to impact the world around me. I'm no longer a slave to the bills and the administration and the, 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 the oversight of the ministry. And the same goes for my household. When I find myself starting to take my kingdom back, I find nothing but anguish, anxiety, and trouble. But when I submit, release the, my kingdom to God for his lordship over, and I become his obedient servant in the stewardship of his, because these are now his assets. They are, it is his property. It is his cabin. It is his car. It is his motorcycle. It is his kayak. Everything. It is his sailboat. These things all belong to the Lord. And I get to use them. I get to play with them sometimes. Um, I get to take care of them because they belong to the Lord. And so I get to take the money the Lord provides for me and buy tires for the Lord's blazer. Or I get to go buy the battery for the Lord's motorcycle. It's not my money, it's his money. It's not my motorcycle, it's his motorcycle. He allows me to pay for the parts, and he also allows me to ride it. Do you, you see the difference here? One is a lifestyle submission of not just our heart, but our kingdom to the Lord. Whereas the other, yes, you're a Christian. 
but you're a Christian who's trying to keep their own kingdom and reap the benefits of God's kingdom at the same time. It doesn't work like that. Do you want the green pastures? Do you want the still waters? Do you want your soul to be refreshed, to be restored? Then you need to surrender your kingdom to the Lord. You don't get both. You get to make a choice. He gives you that right. But when we choose our own kingdom, we reap the reward of our own kingdom. When we choose submission, we reap the reward of submission. Choose today. Do you want the green pastures and the steel waters, the refreshed soul? Think about it. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah. This has been a 12 Minutes with Mickey Productions from Mickey Wilcox Ministries. Contact Reverend Mickey Wilcox at mickeywilcox.org or join us on our Mickey Wilcox Ministries Facebook page. Background music provided by Wonders by Alex Productions. HTTPS backslash backslash onsound.eu backslash music promoted by https colon backslash backsplash www.freestockmusic.com creative commons attribution 3.0 unported licenses https colon backslash backsplash creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0 backslash deed dot en underscore us go to www.mickeywilcox.org